Every day, we are bombarded with stories and statistics about deadbeat dads and fatherless children. Rarely do we get to hear the father side of the story. This week, I speak with Jaston Artis, a local dad involved in a battle for access to his son. I'm Anita, your host, and this is That Anita Live, the talk show dedicated to providing emotional healing to help you create a happier life. Jaston, let's start with the love story. <laughs> so where did you meet this woman? Well, we actually met in high school. Oh. So she's two years older than me, and we mm. met in band, had a crush on her, you know, typical high, uh, high school stuff. Okay, and so what instrument did you play in the band? I played the clarinet. And she played? The clarinet, drums. Oh, so you all were in the same section? Yes, yes. Okay. So she would do... She was in the clarinet section, but she did drums, so she would flip back and, you know. Okay. Yeah. So. But you married her straight out of high school? No, 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 yeah. no. That's that's where it started. Okay. That's where it started. Okay. So I, I had a crush on her. We were new. So this is like freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I never told her. So it actually everything happened years later. But that's okay. where it started. Okay. So fill yeah. me in how many years later? Ooh. I might give away my age. I don't know. I was, you ain't got them kind of numbers. Don't even try it. Don't even try it. You don't even have them kind of numbers. Try. I thought I'd try. No. You don't have um, them kind of numbers. Whew. Let's see. Um, 15 plus. 15 plus years. So from the time we met, I knew that I had a crush to about 2010, I believe, 11. So this, so this is a jump start. Yeah. You, were you all in conversation all that time? Mm, Fell completely out of contact. Exactly, for the most part. So there was a transition in my life where um, I moved back here from school okay. at uh, Greensboro. And yeah, you I went to you North went Carolina A&T State University, uh, Aggie Pride. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. All of HBCU yes, people. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to my Aggies. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. So um, I moved in 2009. It was like a spiritual journey type of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I did know that she still lived there, like a lot of friends, um, you know, from high school. And I just ran into her. Like I ran into her a few times. Mm. And it was were just in Were passing. any of these times intentional? No. Okay. No, no. Okay. It was one of those things where, you know, you, you come back to where you grew up and you don't want nobody to you know, see you or hope you don't run into anyone. I don't know why I just felt that way. I'm, I'm a very, fairly private, you know, not everybody. My high school friends watching. cook good food, so I want them to yeah, see I, me. I don't know those Invite friends. Invite me over. Mm -mm, do not. So um, we saw each other a few times okay. and then, I mean, it was just like, hey, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's one particular time about, I think I've been living back in North Carolina for about two years or so. And I ran into her at my job and her kids were, or so it was a after school um, mm -hmm. recreational center. And um, I saw her and I was like, you know, what you doing here? And all you know, my kids go here. I'm like, oh, okay. And at the time I was working on a song and I was like, wait a minute, you, you sing, right? And she was like, yeah. And I said, well, I'm working on this song. Like I would, you know, sing. Mm -hmm. like she literally did an audition for me right there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it, you know, we it's actually like took really off. started. Yeah, so it was. It was. I had no intentions of of anything. It was. It was about my song. I was working on my album and about the music. Yeah, it was about the music. That's your story. You sticking to I, it. That's what I'm sticking to. That's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> okay, yes. so how do we get from 
her auditioning for a song mm -hmm. to Married. It's, it's funny you say that because I think it did start with food. Um, we had this session. I had my best friend meet her just to have the session. And I don't know, there was, a, there was a spark more than I thought there was. You know, you just, you felt something that you never, okay, I'm, I'm the only one? Okay. But there, there was something there, and, and it was one of those things, too, you started hearing that, you know, like, y'all look nice. And I'm like, nah, we just, you know, we just working. Okay. Like, there's some brief history, but it was, I never told her, so she didn't really know. And um, I think after we finished the song, she invited me over for some hot dogs. And then that's when we actually like really like started catching up, what you've been really up to, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just something I never really experienced the way it happened and not having a, a reason to really engage with her. Mm. Cause I was single, I wasn't looking for, you know, it was literally, literally one of those, I'm not looking for anything, I'm about my business. Yeah, I love food, so yeah, sure, but that was it. Okay, you know? but okay, keep moving. Keep, so keep moving. How, yeah, how did yeah. we get to, will you marry me? So it, I remember the first several months just being friends. We talked every day. I mean, there was just a lot of engagement as far as communication. And so um, I'm a communicative person. I ask questions. Like I really get in depth mm -hmm. below this um, from the surface. So, I mean, from there, I mean, just like any relationship, you, you feel like you're vibing with someone, you're learning things and okay, yeah, this, oh man, okay, this is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And so, um, yeah, there was, so somewhere in here, I was dealing with health issues that kind of came back and I had a, a really rough time. It was, it was, if I'm not mistaken, we were hanging out and I just started getting in pain. Like it was really bad. And we ended up going to the emergency room and that whole process I, I had never dealt with or experienced before that someone was actually like, yes, we're friends. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're getting to know each other, mm -hmm. but you're taking me to the emergency room. You're staying like, you're really trying to make sure that I'm okay over something that you had no idea would happen, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, that, that's what sparked it for me. Um, as far as can I see something now prior to this time of, of getting to know her, I had literally just prayed and ended a relationship that I really want to find my person. Cause for a long time, I never thought I could find my person. Okay. And I just felt like there are certain things I need that I, I'm not going to find this person. And so I was really just, just talking to God and telling him like, look, I'm ready to do what I need to do, focus on me and get myself together so I can, you know, so there's a lot of all of these emotions and feelings and, and, and talks with God coming into play at this moment that I'm feeling like I've never seen this before. No one's ever really gone that distance for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I felt like it was right for me, I asked. Okay. So how much time passed from the hot dog session mm -hmm. to you popping the question? Uh, it was about six, seven months, maybe. Woo! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on the outside, it's like, oh, that's fast, right? Uh, on the inside, it's even faster, you know, being in the relationship. However, they're, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, there's nothing I would change differently about it. 
You know, I, I've heard the stories of people a couple of months. Like, I literally just heard the other day, maybe, um, a few months, and then they're married. And I'm, you know, so I've always heard these stories. I'm like, nah, I don't know how. But when you know, you know. I, I, mm -hmm. I knew that. I took your word for and, it. And so, <laughs> so, at that, so at that point, I felt like I had done the things that I needed to know mm -hmm. um, and needed to do. Uh, there was pushback, you know, from, from church folk, you know, family. Um, and so there was, there was a, a time period, like a good two weeks, that I didn't talk to her. I didn't talk to anybody because I was in prayer about the relationship. Because I didn't want to, you know, when you're in a circle of, of, of your, your network, your close mm -hmm. people, you trust them, you love them, you want to hear what they have to say. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to make a decision, yes or no, based off of what everybody else thought. Because mm -hmm. some things wasn't always the same. So, you know, I had to like really isolate myself, spend time, and... You steamrolled you know, it a little bit, but let's get into the pushback. Yeah. Yeah. You popped the question. Yeah. She said yes. Mm -hmm. So then it began to fan out and everybody began to find out no. that you, you were engaged. No, I, I, at the beginning, I only told a few people. It wasn't like, let's post this on Facebook. No, but I mean, so, her family and friends, your family and friends. Yeah, it was like, literally, it was only a select few that, that actually knew. So that who I was the asked. first person that said to you, um, no, I don't think, I don't think you want to pick this one. I know my mom was in there, of course. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't give you like time frame, but I know my mom was in there when I when I when I finally told her. What did she and say? She didn't have. It was I could tell it was an intuition thing. She didn't go into detail. It was just you know a feeling. I don't know, you know certain things. Wait a minute, paint that picture for me. Yeah. She in the house in her bathrobe. She in the kitchen stirring that pot machine. You tell her, Mom, I propose to. And she said to you. I don't even. I bet it you was, she remembers. It, I, I, what did I you believe, say? I just, he's right. It was just something in here that I just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I, I actually, I didn't tell him not to marry her. Mm -hmm. I asked him to wait. Mm -hmm. I said, just wait. You don't have to do this now. Because I, but I couldn't give him details because I wasn't even sure myself. All mm -hmm. I knew, it wasn't right and it wasn't the right time. Mm -hmm. Who else was in there? <laughs> My pastor was in there at the time. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And the, the funny thing to me was usually in these situations you hear specifics like, oh, it's, you know, but from the few people that actually told me, because mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know everyone doesn't speak up. Right. Uh, it was, it was like what my mom said. It, it was, I don't, there's a feeling. Mm. And so there, there was many times that even after I asked, of course, that I'm still, you know, I'm engaged in thought on what everyone's telling me from their point of view. But at the end of the day, I had to trust what I felt. You know, I'm in the situation. I'm, I'm in it. I, mm -hmm, I need to mm -hmm, be prepared mm -hmm. for whatever yes happens and what comes after or if I decide no. And I'm usually the person that I felt like I have been in many relationships where I ha I've had, you know, great women. They were, they were, I mean, nothing wrong, if you will. But I always, no, I, I can't go any further. I have to, this is it. So at this time, this was different than I'm feeling something that I really could see 
a future in this. So it was a lot to deal with, and I had to just deal with it. And, and the only way I dealt with it was talk to God. Like, I got everybody's input. Now let me put that together for me. Now, did people give you input all the way up to the day of? No. So it was more, so what happened, it was probably a good few months before we actually. Because what, what was the red flag? If you look back now, mm -hmm. what was the red flag? Was it all the people that said no? Was it something within you and you ignored it? The day of being married, you, you know, dressed up, everything, everyone's there. And I'm with my best man. <laughs> and I'm like, yo. <laughs> now, mind you, just like any relationship, there's things that are happening. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, basically the engagement was about a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was, it, was, it was lengthy. So a lot of time things happened, a lot of discussions, you know. And so at this particular moment, I remember standing at the door before I go out. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm talking to God. I'm looking at him. I'm talking to God. And I'm like, and my feeling was I was ready, but she was not. Right there, we'll be right back after this, after this message. <laughs> Are you serious? What if I told you that you could stop the negative tape from playing inside your head? What if, with seven simple steps, you could leave the pain of the past behind and live every day as your true, authentic self? It is possible and you can do it. The ebook, Seven Simple Steps to Beat Emotional Baggage, How to Become Whole, Healed, Healthy, and Happy, shares how to resolve emotional baggage. And feel free to live true to your own personality, spirit, and character. Transform negative thinking into positive thinking and become equipped to boldly face your past and resolve emotional pain. Get your free copy at thatanitalive.com slash ebook. And we're back with Jason telling us about the red flags and how on his wedding day, he looked at his best man. Now, what did your best man say to you? He didn't say anything. He just said, you know, this is between you and God. If you really feel like this is it, then, you know, I support you go for it, but if you don't, then, you know, don't do it. So, and throughout the process, he was very, you know, and I'm like, well, just tell me, you know, do you know something? Did you, you know, mm -hmm. and he, he, he never took a side. He never, you know, I, I think looking back, I think he really maybe didn't know anything that maybe other people might have, but I think he was really just trying to stay neutral, but still support me in whatever I decided. So... Y'all still friends today? We are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that kind of friendship. I need you to be real with a sister. Mm -hmm. I agree. I wish I wish I would have had. Now, granted, there may not have been particularly something we. I don't believe oh, we've knew. ever had a, he knew. a real Because if talk. he didn't, he might have patched you yeah. on the back and be like, "Man, that's just nerves. Come on, yeah. you just got cold yeah. feet because it's the day. Come yeah. on." But he's never. He's never. We have talked about it. You know? Did you know, man? It, like. Why you ain't, yeah, of all people, like, why? He's you know, not going to fess up. My mom told me, you know, so why? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. But but I, I have to say that 
during this time of, of I felt, the, the feelings that I felt on the wedding day, I felt uh, months before. So, you know, you have to do the counseling, you know, all these different things mm -hmm. with, with making sure that everyone is ready. I did bring it up. I had numerous conversations about it. And that, that was with her, that was with my pastor, that was collectively without her, with my pastor, like I, I, you know. And uh, the thing that made me decide was that I was so used to not going that distance. There was always a reason that I couldn't move forward mm -hmm. with someone. And at this point, I, I felt like I always knew more than what the person was telling me. It's like, no, you lying. You, 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 you're not ready. You're mm. not ready. So it was, it, I felt if I'm going to decide to take this woman as she is, I have to trust her. And if I can't trust her, then I can't marry her. And so I had to deal with that. But you did. And I did. Okay. Now, how far from wedding day to birth of son? <sighs> About four months. Ah! Yeah. Not planned, of course. I, I wanted to wait um, a good year. Roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely one of those. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Woo, okay. Now, tell me about the emotion you felt with the birth of your son. The greatest thing I've ever experienced. Were you in the room? I was in the room, had the camera. No. I was that guy, yes I was. <laughs> but you know, I, I do remember you know, being so excited about it, like mm -hmm. when this, you know, and then when I literally saw him come out, I like, it was, it was just that feeling of like, God did this, like this person just, and now he's crying and I like, I really froze for a second because it was so much emotions going on and yeah. Another yeah. level of responsibility. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was, yeah, it changes you. I mean, I think every parent would say that it, it does. Mm. So tell me about this restraining order. Yeah, so you want to fast forward now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of things are going on at this time. Okay. I, I noticed shortly after he was born, she changed. There's not a lot of communication going on. There's just this this... There's, a, there's just a difference. This is not the same person that I walked into marriage with. And it was a little gradual, but then there were some things that kind of sped up. And I think once he was born, there was an acceleration. Okay. So we're- So this was your first child? Yes. Her? A third. Okay. Yes. So I'm tiptoeing about saying anything because I don't want to get in an argument. And this particular day, I'm, you know, thinking how I'm going to say it, how, what to say. And, and we're walking from the bathroom through the bedroom, through the hall to the door. And she's grabbing him kind of like, I just can't explain it any other way. Like he's a football and I'm the linebacker that's running to, to tackle her. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm holding my hands up. I'm not doing anything, you know, and she's on her way to church. Uh, I'm sick at this time. I was dealing with a lot of health stuff, so I just taking medication. I I was getting ready to get in the bed, um, so I wasn't feeling well at that time. So there was no reason for me to engage on anything. And firstly, I wasn't raised that way, so 
At this point, we're at the door. She hands them off to the oldest and say, get in the car, lock the door. And she stands in front of the doorway, pats her legs and says, come on. And I'm, I'm, I'm still with my hands up and I'm like, okay, wait, I know I just took my medication. So it didn't work that fast, but I have got to be in a dream because Justin doesn't do drama. Like this, this is way out my mm -hmm. scope and I've done mental health. So I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, I'm going through my head of, of steps of what to do to not make them feel whatever is going on. So I, I didn't touch her. I didn't do anything but ask, can you give them to me? Cause I don't want to spoil them. And it goes from there. And looking back, I know where I went wrong. I'm, I just let her know what I was doing and what I wasn't doing and allow me to kiss my son goodbye before we go to church. That's all I wanted to do. And she's standing in the doorway and I'm just like, okay, I've, I've told you, I'm going to, you know, walk around you now. Like I'm not doing anything. And when I tried to attempt to do that, she would grab my hands and push me back. And I, I'm like, what is, okay. I'm really not doing anything. I just want to. And so looking back, I'm like, man, why not just go back to bed? And so somehow I ended up getting around her and, um, you know, I go to the car, the kids are, I mean, I can still see their faces, all three of them. And the oldest are already talking to the police officer. And uh, then the police. Pushpin. Yes. Who called the police? The oldest did. Okay. Yeah. Maybe 10 minutes later, I had three big old cops come to my door. And they didn't, they didn't lock me up. I explained everything. I mean, I gave them everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they, they, they said, sir, you know, we hear this all the time, uh, but you might want to leave. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't really know how to take that, but I, I, you know. Then you didn't know how to take it. Right. You got it now. Of course. Okay. Of course. And so I got the restraining order the next day. Didn't know then the sheriff came and not, and he just read me my right. So you were at home. I was at home. She mm -hmm. had left from that morning. It was a Sunday. She had left to, to church and to her, to her mom. And uh, I ended up going to church and trying to get myself together. And, and she came back that night. It was really late with her mom and her brother. Tried to talk. Wasn't really happening. They're, you know, they're of course against me. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's telling my ex is telling me I need to leave. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. Like, we need to talk. Like, this is, you know, this is serious now. And um, I just remember the, they, they left. My best friend was there um, watching this. And then I went to work. I had to go to work the next day. It was Monday. I came home. It was about 8 o'clock. They knocked on my door. I, had, I think I was about to get in the bathtub. And 15 minutes, I had to get whatever I could and leave. No place to go. So... Yeah. Now, so you're estranged from your son. Mm -hmm. What's that been like? <sighs> the worst thing I've ever felt in my life. It's when you're, when you want to be engaged with people and build relationships, mm -hmm. especially dealing with kids. I deal with youth a lot. Uh, been in education, mental health. I've developed so many kids that are not mine. I'm an artist, I do the same thing for artists. So now that I have my child, our child, mm -hmm. I want to develop him. 
and I wasn't have not been able to do that after that point it's probably been a little over a year collectively in the time frame that I have not spoken heard talk don't know if he's sick if he's this if he's that in these last three years how often do you think about him every day and you every think day. thoughts like what is he doing is he acting like me yet what funny things are he saying what is he learning what is the next word how smart is he? I hear that all the time. People tell me. People come to me now. He's so smart. He's so smart. And I'm like, I knew that. Mm. But I don't see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a thing you know um, when he was a baby. Mm -hmm. The foundation, I was there. And I'm so thankful for that because I was scared that he wasn't going to remember me. The restraining order was for a year. And because I acted on child support and custody, it was only four months. Now, break that down. When you say you acted on child support and custody, what does that mean? I went to the child support agency and I filed myself for child support because the restraining order I had no contact for a year to the kids or her. I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So the only right thing for me to do is in order to support him financially, I have to go. I'm not going to wait because I'm at this point, I'm expecting I'm expecting a whole lot of stuff now <laughs> that I've never dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that and they were shocked because they're like most people do not come. Right. And custody, I did the same thing. I, I just, I filed and, you know, of course it takes time. So it was another month or two before we had our hearing. And then, you know. So what's that process been like? I probably, the last time I went to court, I believe was last year. So okay. I've been to court way too many times. Um, I've actually been locked up um, for child support. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't play. They don't. It, you can be a well-dressed, bow-tie-looking brother. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, they don't. And it hear didn't anything. matter that you filed first. It does. It did when not. You, it that did. you went down and took out the child support order yourself. Yep. It, it does not. So within the last twelve months, how many times have you seen your son? Mm. I would have to check my log. But in the twelve months. Hmm, maybe six times. Yeah, it hurts, man. So, it hurts. It hurts for me that my, my mom and my dad don't get to engage with, with him the way they should. At all. How old is he now? He is four. He'll be five in September. Are you going to give up your battle? I can't. Anita, I can't. One disastrous chapter should not end your entire story. If you have minor children you are being alienated from spending time with, never give up. Learn ways to respectfully maintain your parental rights, but never give up on your minor child. To reach out to Jasmine, visit justapuppet.com. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out that'sanitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.